You are listening to this week's sermon podcast from LifePoint Church in Ames, Iowa. For more information, visit www.livethemessage.org. How many of you agree and you've experienced that? For those of you who are just ultra self-disciplined, you're like, not me. Every year, 100% success. Praise God, and I'm thankful for you, but I'm not in that category. But so often, New Year's resolutions end in failure, and they become frustrating. And at a certain point in your life, a lot of people drop off, and they're like, I'm not even going to do a New Year's resolution because they're pointless, right? Because they just get so frustrated because they are hard to keep. Did you know that only 8% of New Year's resolutions succeed? That's terrible. Like, that's discouraging. It makes you not even want to do a New Year's resolution. 80% fail by February. So we have one month to hit it hard, guys, and just know by February, like 20% of us will still be doing The rest of us will be eating ice cream. You see, two weeks into the new year, we find ourselves at the drive-thru of Taco Bell, right? And we're like, I made a salad. I've done well for two weeks, but that salad was staring me in the face in the fridge, and I, I said no to it, and I went to Taco Bell, right? That's the truth of it. Like two weeks in, it's like, oh, that super burrito at Taco Bell is too good. Or we find ourselves selling our one-month-old treadmill because it's been staring us down for the last month and collecting dust till finally we're so frustrated that we sell it because we never stepped foot on it in the first place, right? That's the reality of resolutions sometimes. And to be honest, I'm tired of making resolutions just to see them fail every year. I don't want to give time and energy to something if I know it's going to fail. To me, it's just a pointless tradition if I can't actually see results or make it happen, right? We love to make resolutions based on, you know, physical things in our life, such as exercising, eating right. We like to make resolutions based on bad habits, right? That's the natural thing we do. We want to quit something, so we make a resolution to change. But how much thought do we give to revolutions? Don't start a revolution when you get home. (laughs) Unless it's like a God revolution, it's a good thing. But how much thought do we give to our spiritual lives regarding resolutions? How much thought have I given each year when I start the new year to, God, what do you want to do in my life this year? What do you say about my family and your word that you want to accomplish in my life? And when I think about that, if I'm going to be honest, a lot of times I'll set spiritual goals, but I don't feel like I give them a lot of time or energy. I don't give them the serious thought that they deserve to go into a new year saying, God, really the most important thing I should do is be asking you, what do you want to do in my life this year? You see, there's nothing wrong with setting goals of eating healthy, exercising, getting out of debt, and the list goes on. There's nothing wrong with that. But what should be the first thing that we focus on when we start a new year as followers of Christ? Say, ask God, what do you want to do in our family? What do you want to do in my life? Because Lord knows we all have areas in our lives that we need to grow in, right? I know I do. So what does the Bible have to do with New Year's resolutions? Or what does the Bible say about New Year's resolutions? The Bible actually doesn't say anything specifically about New Year's resolutions, but it has a lot to say about what God wants to do in each of our lives in the coming year. So this morning, I'd like to share, I want to take you on a little journey with what I'm asking God for this coming year in hopes that it'll encourage you to pursue the Lord and ask Him what He'd have for each of you this coming year. So I'm going to share a few verses that are Passages of scripture that I'm going to be praying into and asking God to accomplish in my life this next year. The first comes from Psalms 51, 10 through 11. 
King David says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. That's actually been a scripture that I've prayed over my life since I was young, and it's just been this reoccurring theme that I want the heart of God. I want a pure heart to see people the way he does and love him the way that he wants me to love him. Next is Ephesians 4. This is something that I'm praying over my marriage for the coming year. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. I'm praying that over my marriage that the Lord would bind Tara and I together in a deeper spiritual unity. Next one is Colossians 3. This is something that I'm personally praying over my life. Let the message about Christ and all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. One of the resolutions that I'm praying over the college ministry of Chi Alpha, we're praying and believing for a spiritual awakening on ISU's campus, and we're already seeing bits and pieces of that. God is doing great things on the campus. But I'm asking for more. We don't want to be content, do we, in our families or in our communities or on the campus regarding what God wants to do in people's lives because there's more to be done, right? We know that there's 37,000 students just on Iowa State's campus, let alone our community, and there's more work to be done. And so I'm praying and believing for Ephesians 3.20 over our campus, and it says, Now a glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Praise God that he cares more about people than we do. Praise the Lord that he wants more to happen than we do in people's lives. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 is a prayer I have for my children and myself. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Praise the Lord. That's what I want for my kids' lives. I want to have a relationship with my kids that they learn to honor. They learn to, they learn a godly obedience so they will carry through beyond their time at home with us. And they'll carry on to adulthood when they learn to honor others, learn to honor authority, learn to honor their spouses someday. And then at the end it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. I need this verse. I need the truth of God's word in this area over my life in a, in a, in a big way. Because how many of you know who are parents here that sometimes when life happens, your, your children get the brunt of things, right? Or you maybe aren't as patient with them as you'd like, or maybe, um, you know, our responses to them aren't the responses that you know you should, the way you should treat them. And one of the things I don't want to do is raise my kids in anger or bitterness or causing resentment. I want to I develop a patience that comes to the Lord and a self-discipline that helps me to treat my kids with respect and honor and love where when I discipline them or talk to them, that I'm treating them kindly instead of out of, you know, out of frustration. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm not there yet. And so this is one of the resolutions for my years that, God, I want my kids to see a godly example in their father by the way I treat them, by the way I talk to them. 
And the last one I have this morning um, is something that comes from the Old Testament. It's for my wife. Honor and love your husband by bringing him sushi each day and by sending him on Alaskan hunting trips. Most people haven't read that in the Old Testament, but uh, it's something that Tara's been struggling with. I've been really praying over her. So would you join with me in praying for Tara? Just joking. It's not from the Bible. Some of you are like, where's that in the Old Testament? That's from the new Wagi version of the New Testament. That's what a good idea version. That's not real either. But I would love that. Sushi and Alaska hunting trips, that sounds pretty good. So this morning, what I want each of you to consider and to take away is that when we make resolutions based on spiritual truths, we're guaranteed spiritual results. When we make resolutions based on spiritual truths from the Word of God, we're guaranteed spiritual results. Now, does that mean that if we ask, you know, we're going to get whatever we ask for? No, but what that means is if we declare God's word and we pray into God's word and we ask God's word to be, ask for God to help us that his word become part of our life, that's his best for us. What he's saying here isn't just, it's not a myth or not something that's unattainable, but these promises in God's word is what he's saying is available to us and is best for us. And it is attainable. And so when we put our focus in 2018 on what God has for each of us from his word, from the truth of his word, that he says can and will happen, that's what I want to give myself to to 2018. One of the things I love about God's word, and it's very clear, and so one of the things that John says in 1 John 5, 14 to 15, he says, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask for anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask for, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. So did you know when you are asking for things that are of the will of God, that you can ask for it in confidence because he says it'll happen. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. Doesn't mean if I ask for God to help me to be the kind of father that uh, the uh, Apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians that by tomorrow I'm going to have perfect patience and I'll just be his perfect dad who never struggles. It's this idea of going on a journey with the Lord every day and, and submitting myself in relationship to Jesus every day. But as I pursue him, those characteristics begin to change my life. He, he comes alongside and helps me. He comes alongside and helps you as you declare the truths of God's word over your life. You see, sometimes we take scripture and we don't use it properly. You think of Matthew 7 and it says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be open to you. Sometimes we take that scripture out of context and, it's, and we take it and use it like a name it and claim it scripture where it's like, God, your word says I can ask, we can seek and we shall find. And so we ask for anything. God, I need a Corvette by tomorrow, Lord, I just need it, you know. Nothing wrong with Corvettes. I'd love to have one. But, you know, or God, I, I need to go to uh, northern Canada for a caribou hunting trip this week because it's, it's what I need. And he doesn't say that'll happen. Nowhere in Scripture he says he'll give us anything we want that's according to our needs. He says when we align ourselves with his will, he'll give us anything we ask for when it aligns itself with the word of God. And isn't that an amazing promise that when we align ourselves with the word of God and his will, that you can take the Scripture to the bank and say he's going to do it in your life. That's really, really good news. So if you have a Corvette, I'm not saying that's wrong. I just, I just use that as an example. I like Corvettes. Someone's in the audience like, I like my Corvette. Part of the reason 
resolutions fail is because we try to do them on our own. And just like with our walk in Christ, we can't do it on our own. Most things in life are really difficult to do well on our own. It takes people coming alongside of us or working with a team, right? The same is true with resolutions. A lot of time they fail because we're trying to do them. I'm trying to exercise and I'm not bringing accountability into it and it's just I fail after a month because I get annoyed of it. But the great thing about when we start asking God for his will for 2018, his plans for our life based on the truth of scripture, did you know that he partners with us? We enter into a partnership with him saying, God, I see what you're saying you want for my life in 2018, so I need your help. And did you know that he's good on his promise and that he'll come alongside and help if you do your part? And that's really, really good news. He doesn't leave you out to dry. He doesn't leave to hang you out to dry. He comes alongside and helps in those difficult areas. Isaiah 55, 11 says, It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Did you know that God's word will not return void to you? That you can count on God's word. But it takes us acting on it, right? Giving time and energy to saying, God, I'm bringing this to the forefront of my life. I'm giving time and energy to, to pursuing you and allowing these things to become a part of my life. It's not, as, it's not good enough to say, okay, God, I've got my list of, of uh, resolutions. I've got them here. Do your work. Peace out. We'll talk to you in 2019 and see if it happened. Obviously, that's not going to cut it, will it? But as we partner with the Lord this year daily, he will take the truth of his word and apply it to our life and we'll see change. You see, as we make resolutions this year, I'd much rather us as a church family make resolutions that will impact our lives, our families, the places we work, and our community. Those are the type of resolutions that will last beyond our years those are the type of res- resolutions that will change our families, will change our children. I'm going to have the ushers come forward. Would you pass out? I have a handout for each of you. I'm going to have them pass out a handout that I've made. And as they're doing, I want to share a story with you. In the spring of 2013, I made a resolution without even knowing it before the Lord. 2012 was a really, really difficult year for me spiritually. And as I came to the spring of 2013, I realized that I didn't want to follow Christ half-heartedly. I felt like for a long time I was just doing the right things, going through the motions. I was having to strive. I'd have to muster up the ability to read the Bible or pray. And I'd go through these, you know, seasons like this where I'd read my Bible quite a bit and I wouldn't. I'm like, God, I don't want to do this. I'm not just following you to do the right things. I want to encounter all that you have through relationship. And so I came to this desperate place one morning driving to work where I just started weeping before the Lord. Desperation just saying, God, if I'm going to follow you, I need all that you have. If I'm going to follow you, I want to love you with all my heart, soul, strength. I want to love others like you love others. That's the only way I'm going to follow you if you will help me to do that. And so I started praying that every morning on my drive to work, not as a means of praying it, you know, 32 times and it was going to happen or that had anything to do with it. The amount of times didn't, but it was out of desperation. And I was so hungry for more that I'm like, God, I've, I have to see more of you. 
I want to fall so deeply in love with you that when I spend time in your word, it's not because I have to, it's because I'm so, you know, in love with you. And so some months went by, and I remember the night specifically, I was laying on my couch reading the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. I remember I was reading it and soaking it in, and I remember that night sitting there saying, what am I doing? Like I'm spending my evening reading the word and loving it, just soaking it in, applying it to my life, and I realized that God had answered or began to answer a prayer I'd been praying. You see, that prayer lined up with the will of God because it wasn't a selfish prayer. God, Jesus said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor. And so I aligned myself with the word of God in that prayer, not to say I achieved it that night, but I realized God had begun taking me on this journey of falling more in love with him, and he was answering that prayer. You see, he, he doesn't want us just to leave us at point A. He wants us to come alongside of him on the journey. And what he did that day was help me realize months later that, Kyle, I have not forgotten about you. I see you. And I want that same good thing that you want. I want it way more. So I took the promise to the bank and I cashed it in. And God has been faithful on his side of things. Not to say my life has been perfect ever since. Our life will never be perfect. What I've realized is as I've continued to pray that same prayer over my life as it aligns with the will of God, he continues to give me a deeper hunger and thirst for him and a love for people. And that's the same thing he wants to do in each of our lives as we declare the word of God over our lives and we bring that to the forefront of our lives. Guys, what could 2018 look like if our best time and energy was given to resolutions from God's word? What would our families look like, our relationships, our ministries, our jobs? What would it look like if we said, God, what do you have in store for me this year? Partner with me, Lord, and let's see what you have. Because did you know that when we align ourselves with the will of God, that he, he comes alongside of us and the plans that he had, did you know he has a plan for each of your lives? A really, really good plan, whether you see it or not. And the only way that can be accomplished is if we, if we partner with him. If we come alongside and say, okay, God, I'm in. I want to fulfill the destiny that you have for my life. And the only way that happens is if we align ourselves with the Lord and we come alongside and say, okay, God, I'm all in. So what would happen this year if we align ourselves with the Lord and our resolutions and say, okay, God, what do you have? Each of you has a handout this morning and I specifically put spiritual resolutions. Uh, you can make other resolutions. That's totally fine. I'll be doing the same. What I'd like you to do is take these home. I don't want you to do it now, because I want you to give some time in prayer, asking the Lord what he'd have for you this coming year. I want you to open your Bible when you get home or this week and say, God, what are some key scriptures that you are saying are speaking over my life this coming year? And I want you to prayerfully consider that and then write them down. I want you to put them in a place that you won't forget them, whether it's on your mirror at home, maybe it's in your Bible, maybe it's an app on your phone or a reminder that'll come up daily, but somewhere that you'll be reminded and I encourage you to go on an adventure with the Lord and each day before the Lord, say, okay, God, and pray into these things and ask God what he wants to do through these promises of his word. And I promise you, because God's word will not come back void, that if you do that, 
he will keep his end of the bargain. And not that it always looks the way we think or it'll happen in our timing, but I promise you the Lord will take you on a journey. And you'll find yourselves like me sometime down the road and you'll look back and say, whoa, God, what I've been praying for from your word, like you're, you're making it happen. You're doing it. And it gets really exciting. As you and I do this in 2018, I believe we're going to see tremendous things. You see, we saw tremendous things in 2017, right? I'm so thankful for what God's done in 2017. As I look back, I'm so thankful, even through the bumps and the bruises and the highs and the lows. Did you know God was at work in 2017? Even in the midst of all the chaos and the natural disasters and things going on throughout the world, God is at work. And I believe he has even more in store in 2018 for each of your lives. So if you would stand with me, I want to pray over each of you this morning, and we're going to let you go. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and I thank you for everyone here this morning. Thank you that you have a plan for each of our lives, God. Thank you that your word says, Lord, that we could ask anything when, according to your will, and it'll happen. And so, Lord, I pray that we would take these promises and the truths from your scripture this year and apply them to our lives to go on a journey with you, God, to see healing in our families, see healing in our marriages, healing in our relationships, to see fruitfulness in our lives, to see joy maybe for some for the first time in years, to see uh, others set free from addictions. Whatever it may be, God, we stand on the truth of your word for 2018, Lord, and we give you our best time and energy, Lord. We love you and we thank you that you're a faithful God and we know that you'll do what you say. And so, Lord, I pray that you bless each of our weeks as we go out, Lord, into our, the marketplace, to our families, whatever we're doing this week, Lord, I pray that we'd be a light for you. And I pray that you would just bless everyone's relationship with you. And Lord, if there's some here this morning, Lord, who don't know you, God, I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them, Lord, that they would submit... Uh, simply come to this place of repentance saying, God, I'm tired of running the race alone. I'm tired of trying it on my own and I, I, I'm coming up short and it's exhausting. And I pray, Lord, through just simply submitting to you, asking for your forgiveness for sins and beginning a journey of following you, Jesus, and confessing that you are Lord. I pray that some here this morning would take that opportunity, Lord, and start a relationship with you. Lord, we love you so much. Go with us this week. We're so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information about LifePoint Church, please visit www.livethemessage.org.